Hey, OM Podcast listeners. Today on the podcast, I have a super interesting guy, kind of a jack of all trades. He's a seminary student, local pastor, disaster relief coordinator, teacher, preacher's kid, OMP volunteer, name it, and it seems like he's involved in some way. Finding ways to serve our neighbors, that's the name of his game. I have with me today, Reverend Andrew Smith. He is uh, joining us out of Living Waters in Centerton. I know you were in, uh, you were the senior pastor of another church in uh, Northwest Arkansas as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Andrew, tell us about your job as a pastor and, you know, just jump right in there. Tell us what, how you got your call and, and just all of the different things that got you interested in ministry. Uh, looking back, I suppose my call started uh, just growing up in, in the church, in the United Methodist Church. As a, uh, I was a preacher's kid, and my father's a, uh, an elder in the conference, and so I grew up uh, with a lot of wonderful mentors at, at the different appointments that Dad had. Uh, and uh, I didn't answer that call, though, until I was a young adult. Uh, it was a long journey, and I'm still kind of going through that. Uh, Started uh, about a decade ago, I answered the call that God was calling me to into ministry. Uh, started exploring that call through the candidacy process. Started down at SMU, actually, when we were living in Dallas uh, for two years. Uh, went, went to SMU at Perkins uh, for, I think, a year. And then my wife got offered, offered a job up here in northwest Arkansas, so we, I put that on hold and we got settled in up here. Uh, and once we got settled in, it took about a year or so. Finally, uh, I got to we got to a point where we felt stable, comfortable. Uh, so I, I asked Rachel, "Can are you good with me getting back into that call and and, and continuing that?" Because I felt it through the whole time. I mean, when God calls you, you, you can't help but answer. So, where uh, how old were you when you received your call to ministry? Uh, when I first realized God was calling me, I was in my early twenties. Okay, but now you did not, your intention was not to go to college and then to go to seminary. You were in school for something else first. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, uh, part of of of, the, of that call that, that God was calling me to help them, help my neighbors, serve my neighbors, uh, was uh, that led me into the emergency management program at Arkansas Tech, uh, where I got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. So in what do you do? Management. What do you do in emergency management? What does that entail? Uh, well, it's a very broad uh, uh, spectrum of a lot, kind of like disaster relief, disaster response, uh, emergency managers on the local, state, and federal level. Uh, that degree program is designed for that. So, if I'm working in a government capacity, uh, helping in uh, disaster response, should like a tornado hit or a fire or an earthquake, uh, a lot of like what FEMA does and the Arkansas Department of Emergency Management. Uh, that's what my education was in, but also thanks thanks to Arkansas Tech, I was exposed to the nonprofit side as well, which is a lot like what UMCOR does, uh, and uh, uh, the Red Cross, uh, Salvation Army, uh, what they do in in disaster response. That that's what my my education was around. Thanks to the volunteer opportunities and internship opportunities I got through Arkansas Tech, I was able to get that experience going out and, and helping. Uh, after a disaster struck, uh, helping get and get that experience not only in an internship capacity like at a, at 
at the state of Arkansas, I worked with the Department of Information Systems, learning on, on business continuity, which really fits well in the church setting, helping them figure out what to, ha what to do should a crisis come up. So the Arkansas conference is made up of five districts and mm -hmm. you're in the Northwest district and you actually hold a position that helps with uh, disaster relief and stuff. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, I'm the district disaster relief coordinator for the Northwest district. Um, I work in coordination with the conference uh, disaster relief coordinator for, uh, and I'm, I'm working in charge of this district in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, so if, if a disaster strikes, if a tornado, say a tornado hits, we had, a, for example, a tornado in Springdale. Uh, I was the one that initiated that, that whole response, getting this process started, contacting the city, seeing, seeing what help is needed, uh, contacting Sherry and working and coordinating with her to Now Sherry's team. the conference Sherry person. The, yes, she's the conference uh, disaster relief coordinator. The CDRC is the acronym that we use for that. Okay. Yeah, so when you like when you reached out to Springdale after their um, <laughs> tornado, uh, what did that look like? Who did you who did you contact, and and what did they ask of you? I uh, talked with uh, other members of the Arkansas VOAS Voluntary Organiz Organizations Active in Disaster. Uh, worked with uh, coordinated with the Red Cross, with Salvation Army, uh, with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention disaster relief teams. Uh, and also with the city of Springdale. Uh, worked with all of them together. We coordinated to figure out where the help was needed, get uh, uh, chainsaw teams out, get people helping with cleanup, um, and then getting that information together at the end of the day so that we can send the teams out the next day to continue helping until uh, we have helped everybody that is in need. And we're still down there uh, offering help uh, haven't had anybody else come forwards yet, but we're there and ready to help uh, in the long-term recovery because you have the initial response uh, with the cleanup and debris and all that, but then there's all those folks that still need help getting back to a new normal. So you're uh, you're really involved in the administrative end of it. You, mm -hmm. you organize all of that kind of stuff and kind of get the people together to then go out into the community. Did you get an opportunity to go to, to work sites, to disaster sites and um, and work there. Oh yes, I'm out, I'm out there in the field. I'm helping coordinate the team as as we're out there working. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm out there in the field anytime something happens. I'm most often the first person out there in our district. No, oh, that's awesome. So you did that first, and then you decided that you thought you were getting a call from God, which obviously you have. Mm -hmm. um, are you finished with your with your schooling yet? No, I'm in the midst of, of schooling right now. Uh, uh, working at uh, St. Paul, going going towards my divinity degree, Master of Divinity, um, entering my second semester there, uh, transfer from SMU, all my stuff transferred over, uh, and so I'm con continuing my pursuit uh, at St. Paul, uh, starting back in the fall. I was there in the spring, taking a break this summer, going back in the fall. Um, looking forward to to getting through this and getting it done. <laughs> so you're a local pastor now. Yes. Uh, who is still in school. Are mm -hmm. you on the elder track? Are you going to be an itinerant uh, I am, elder I am on pastor? the elder track. Uh, that's my goal, getting in dip done and then continue on through provisional elder and eventually ordained elder status. Okay. What have, what have you enjoyed in, in seminary the most? What classes have you taken that, that you've really felt drawn to? Uh, theology courses, uh, systematic theology courses that I've taken. Uh, have really 
give me a, given me a great opportunity to get exposed to a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different ideas in theology. I'm getting challenged from a broad spectrum, from progressive to conservative. You get all different kinds of views. Uh, it's it's made me think and and challenge my my current beliefs and, and, and understandings of theology and, and God and, and the nature of salvation. And it's, it's, that, that's what I feel like I've gained the most from just growing, uh, with my fellow students there and with my professor there, uh, professors there, uh, talking through theology. Through your pursuit of being a, a pastor and also with your work with disaster relief, you obviously have um, such compassion for neighbor. And you know, in, at Ozark Mission Project, we everything is about the neighbor. Um, what is it that you feel is the most meaningful thing that you do through your disaster relief and being a pastor um, that just really shows love for neighbor? Uh, just being out there, being the physical example uh, of God here to our neighbors. I'm not out there preaching to God to them. I'm not preaching scripture and, and, and things like that. I'm just acting. I'm, I'm out there taking intentional action, loving them and just sharing love with them, knowing that I'm making an impact out there, helping them, uh, helping make their life a little bit better. And, and that seeing the smile on her face at the end of, end of that, uh, that, that, mission was was just that's that's why i do it yeah so what do you feel like um being a pastor and being in disaster relief what do you feel like is the most important personality trait or um spiritual gift to be able to do that job effectively those jobs um the desire to help the 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 drive to to help your neighbor uh that's what drives me that's what's driven me and 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 teaching at Arkansas Tech uh, was driven me and, and, and serving and uh, in, in missions in the past that I've been in, that I've participated in with different churches and, 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 and at Arkansas Tech, we've volunteered as well. Uh, and now today, I'm uh, just serving with the church uh, in whatever capacities I can. So you mentioned something that we haven't touched on yet. You uh, said teaching for Arkansas Tech. Mm -hmm. um, there's your third job. You also sometimes teach for Arkansas Tech. What do you do with that job? Uh, I was ad, I'm was i an adjunct instructor. I'm listed as adjunct instructor there. Um, before the pandemic, I was teaching regularly, uh, helping the undergraduate students, learning, uh, building, helping build their foundation in disaster response, their knowledge of it, and, and introducing them to the idea of, of an organized way of helping helping our neighbors. Uh, when the pandemic hit, that kind of dropped to the wayside because attendance dropped way down. So I'm still here able to teach and uh, look forward to being able to teach again once the attendance goes back up, but I'm in the waiting period right now. And being able to be present for those who are learning and interested in learning and, and, and eager to have that same drive, eager to help their neighbor. And, and I just, I love being a part of that, helping them grow, help, helping foster that, that, uh, that, foundational desire to help that that foundational love that they have helping to help grow that and, and form that with them uh, was just something I love doing. So last summer was actually your very first OMP mm -hmm. mission week. Is that right? It was my first official OMP uh, work. Yes. So, but you've done lots of other mission trips yes, in I the have. past with as a volunteer and uh, with youth even. So you've mm -hmm. had kind of that experience. Um, tell us about your neighbor that you had last year. 
she was uh, someone who who needed assistance uh, being able to get around in their home her her home was lifted off the ground she was kind of in an area that could potentially get some some rain some water so her home was lifted up a bit uh, and she didn't have she 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 had limited mobility she had a wheelchair she had a cane and didn't really have any way to easily get down uh, to ground level so we went in there she had a ramp but it was definitely not to code i remember uh, <laughs> seeing miss linda's ramp it was like a wasn't it about a, a four by eight piece of plywood that she had propped up on her porch yes it was uh, very it was like at a 45 degree angle the uh, that video that viral video video of the guy's poor grandma taking off down the road kind of came to mind when i looked at it and i was afraid she was going to get hurt so i was glad we were able to put something at the proper uh, grade for her so she can get down easily i remember her hurting herself i remember that it was raining i think the very first day that y'all were there first two uh, the first two days it was raining and i remember looking at that ramp that she had it was probably only eight feet long it was just one piece of plywood mm -hmm. it was soaking wet looked so yeah. slick there was there was she had nailed some uh, uh roof shingles to it some asphalt shingles that were all falling apart. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. So, it, and if I remember correctly, that ramp really turned out to be a pretty long ramp. I mean, her ramp was absolutely not to code mm -hmm. because we do, we drop an inch mm -hmm. or 12 inches for every inch that the, the porch is off the, the ground. And that was a sig significantly larger ramp that, that y'all built. Quite a bit, yes. Uh, it went from being like six or eight foot, however long that piece of plywood was uh, to, I don't know, 20 something feet. It was a good long distance. It was, I remember. It was a nice looking ramp when y'all mm -hmm. got done. I'll have to put a picture in there uh, up on the website of, of that ramp. Um, so tell me about the, the kids that you took to Ozark Mission Project last summer, the community builders. What mm -hmm. was the, what was your family group makeup? Um, uh, helping the youth uh, at FUMC Bella Vista um, as an adult chaperone there for them. Uh, we had some youth that were interested in going to, to help, going to, and, and much more able than me <laughs> physically to be able to do some of this work. Well, but uh, you had the skills. So did any of the them come was... prepared with, I mean, did any of them have any carpentry skills or anything when they came to the site? Uh, one had some experience. Uh, one has a family member that had a lot of experience, contractor, uh, but, but she had never really delved into that, that, that kind of work. But they all did really, really good job. Uh, I only had to give just a little bit of direction. Uh, they, once we got the original instructions and on what to do, they, they followed it pretty well. I was just there helping support them along the way. What about, I know you had another, um, another adult community builder with mm -hmm. you as well, Renee. Um, had she, did she have any experience? She had, uh, she was, uh, she, her, before she retired and then became the children's director at FUMC Bella Vista, she was a pastor too. Uh, uh, in a different denomination. She had plenty of experience uh, helping out and she had plenty of tools built up over the years that she had came out and brought with her, which helped a ton. So she had carpentry uh, skills as well. She did. She what would you tell um, skills. Many times we'll have adult community builders come in and they don't have any carpentry skills. What would you tell um, an adult community builder about um, working with tools for the first time? Uh, keeping safety in mind first, uh, just being alert and mindful at all times when you're using power tools, making sure no fingers or hands are anywhere near it. Um, 
and and don't overly stress out about it because that's why the staff is there to, to help out to fill those gaps uh, that you may have in the team that's coming in because uh, there is I guarantee you will have somebody around that can that can help and answer any questions that they may have right you know I think that sometimes people think that they're gonna get put on a a job site and never see anybody mm -hmm. but it's almost like a revolving door on the job sites I mean there's always somebody showing up it was we had we had OMP staff regularly showing up every single day uh, helping us especially when we got to certain uh, uh, what I call it uh, bookmarks or in, in the instructions uh, to where we're moving to a next major stage they were there helping guide us through that uh, any questions we may have because we did have some uh, well, for example, like the lag bolts, uh, we didn't have those. We didn't didn't know exactly where how we wanted how they really wanted us to put them in. Uh, well, they gave us a quick good instructions on that, walked us through that, and we moved on through those steps into the next steps. And, and it, it there's always somebody there to help guide you. Uh, so don't overly stress out about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's an important note for people is because they think they think they're going to be left alone. But mm -hmm. but really, there's there's so much support with the entire staff coming between the college staff and the construction and the tool training and all of that staff comes in. So this summer um, I direct the um, the Rogers Mission Week and I have talked you into coming and serving on the leadership team. So um, I don't know that I really had to talk you into it because you were kind of an easy, an easy target and yeah, willing. Wasn't much, wasn't much twisting my arm. No. I was already fired up, ready to do it. No, so we are super <laughs> excited that you're gonna be on the, the Rogers leadership team and uh, you'll be playing probably many different roles between helping with construction and being tool coordinator and a construction angel and getting to go to all the job sites. I think you'll see that it's it's really fun to get instead of staying on one job site all day long and working from start to finish on on one project you're going to have your hands in all kinds of different things mm -hmm. which is probably more what you're used to with the disaster relief getting yes. to go from from place to place and checking in on people yes uh going from site to site make uh, on multiple projects uh this is right in my ballpark so so we're, we are definitely excited to have you be um, on that leadership team. What do you do for fun? Uh, for fun, I, I'm a musician. Uh, so I play my guitar quite a bit uh, at home and, and when I'm in the office too. Uh, during, For example, during breaks at seminary, when, whenever it was all virtual this, this past semester. So whenever I was in a break period, I'd pick up my guitar and play a little bit and then went back into class put my guitar down and get back to back to work. Uh, at home, I try to take time to uh, play guitar as well. Uh, I'm not able to pick it up as much having two kids at home, but uh, I, I still uh, I make that intentional time to do it. It's good stress relief, good time for me to be able to refocus, refresh, uh, so that I can keep about keep going in my day. So uh, I didn't know you played guitar, so you will definitely need to bring your guitar to OMP this summer in Rogers to. because we will Surely put you in uh, the worship lineup. Happy play. Um, in whatever way I like to do, I've got acoustic, electric, I've got my bass as well. I can play uh, any of those. Happy to. Okay, what's your favorite kind of music? What do you listen to? Ooh, that varies. Uh, depends on my mood, uh, I suppose. I, I listen to everything ranging from classical all the way up to like metal and stuff. So it's, I'm, all, I'm all over the, the, the ballpark there. Uh, uh, blues is one of my favorite things to play on guitar. 
from when I grew up learning to play, you know, blues and alternative music, uh, then later into hard rock and some of the 80s hair band metal and <laughs> all the all the fun classics of that time. Mm -hmm. Those 80s, that's me. We have a neighbor, or we had one back in, uh, in uh, the winter that we built a wheelchair ramp for that actually um, past college staff came back and we built a wheelchair ramp for um, a gentleman named Jamie who um, had been in an assisted living type facility um, because he couldn't get in and out of his sister's home and they they moved into a new trailer and um, we went and built a ramp for them actually in the snow and Jamie was able to move in with his sister after that and he was talking to us and some of the things that um, that he said just really hit us in the feels and one of the things that he told us is that it's important to make time to give time mm -hmm. so where do you find yourself giving of your time these days making uh, time to give time quite a few places I, I'm, I'm trying to make time as best I can to help uh, in at living waters and the ministries that they're doing they're the main food pantry for the town uh, I may not be able to be there every week on Saturday or Friday. Friday when they're prepping the food and everything, or Saturday when they're actually handing it out. What have y'all seen any big shift in um, the number of people who are utilizing the food pantry because of the increased grocery yes. prices? Yes, several years ago when the pandemic first hit, uh, that number started growing up uh, uh, and has continually grown up. We served. 125 families last month uh, handed out over 20,000 pounds of food. Uh, there is, and that need is growing continually. Where do you get most of your food? Uh, we get it from donations. We've gotten grants from Walmart, Tyson. Uh, those companies that are nearby also donate food to us. Uh, the Arkansas Food Bank. We regularly get food from them as well. Uh, and it's a combination through those grants and donations that we're able to supply all that to the to the neighbors that are in need. Going further in the discussion on on taking the intentional time uh, and uh, to help your neighbor, um, I think it's probably important. And I, I know it's important to state that no matter your physical ability, there is always a spot uh, for you to help, even if you can't lift a bunch of things or 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 can't climb a ladder, can't handle tools, there's always a way that you can help. Even if it's just taking the time and sitting there with, with the person we're helping and just being a listening ear. Uh, there's a place for everyone who wants to help. Absolutely. I, you know, I always say, well, the, obviously everyone can pray, but you may not be able to build a wheelchair ramp, but you can write a note. You can make a phone call of encouragement. Just say, I've been thinking about you. Um, for OMP purposes, you can donate popsicles, you mm -hmm. can provide a meal, you can um, do little agape gifts for the kids on their on their pillows, all the mm -hmm. community builders. So there's always a way that you can, as Jamie would say, make time to give time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, well, Andrew, thank you for agreeing to have this conversation with me today, and um, I will see you in July. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm so glad you're going to be part of our team. Mm -hmm.